I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him, and he answered my prayer. I looked to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. One of my favorite things to do as a teenager was going to a music store, like a record, a record shop or a, a, the Christian bookstore. That I loved going to our mall in Waco and going to the Christian bookstore. And you could uh, look and you could see all the latest music and the things that were out. But one of the things I loved about going to the Christian bookstore was that they would have what you would call a sampler. Sometimes they would have these free, like, tapes. Okay, I'm going to date myself, like a cassette tape. You know what I'm talking about? They'd have a free one. Or if you bought uh, an album, you you could get a 90, one for 99 cents or something. But it was all these companies, and they would they would take and they would put their new their, the new artists that, that, that were out and uh, some of the new songs. And you you could, you could get this for cheap uh, or free, and I really liked it when it was free. Basically, what it was was a mixtape of new music. It was, if you liked one song by an artist, their hope was that you would come back and you would buy the entire album uh, of songs, and, and so it was a way for them to market and invest, and so I love those samplers. Today, we're wrapping up this series, uh, Mixtape Volume 1, The Songs of the Ascent, and we're looking at what I would say is a sampler today. It's a sampler of songs. We're going to cover three psalms in this one message. And like a good sampler, today's psalms contain what I'm calling a variety of songs. There are a variety of different songs. And so let's look at the first little part of, of Psalm 132. It's the first five verses. It says, Lord, remember David and all that he suffered. He made a solemn promise to the Lord. He vowed to the mighty one of Israel, I will not go home. I will not let myself rest. I will not let my eyes sleep nor close my eyelids in slumber until I find a place to build a house for the Lord a sanctuary for the mighty one of Israel. So this first part of this psalm is what I'm calling a song. If you want to write this down in your notes today or follow with us online at connectedhope.com and click the Bible app, this first line is a song, really, of commitment. This part of the psalm, this is a psalm that was written by David, it really speaks of his commitment. If you see David's life, you see that David suffered at times. But David made this solemn promise to the Lord that he, that he would not, he said, I will not go home. I will not let myself rest. I will not let my eyes sleep nor close my eyelids in slumber until I find a place to build a house for the Lord a sanctuary for the mighty one of Israel. So what he's saying here is, listen, I'm not going to get any sleep. Uh, whatever I've got to do, whatever I've got to do, I've got to just make it happen here in this moment. It's commitment. It's being resolute about what he was going to do for God. It's a do whatever it takes 
attitude. As the pilgrims would sing this song as they were going up to the mountain singing the songs of the ascent, it would remind them of their commitment to God, that they're not going to sleep, they're not going to slumber until they can get to the presence of God. And church, I have a question for us today as a body of believers is do we have a do-whatever-it-takes attitude? Are we content with a cultural Christianity where we give one part of our lives to God while withholding other parts for our own desire? One commentator noted how David's desire to build the temple and even the gathering of the materials so that Solomon could ultimately accomplish the work was really a form of self-denial. Are we willing to deny ourselves? Jesus talked about commitment in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. He said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Uh, that line, and, and, and I love, maybe your translation probably says deny yourself. But in the, in the New Living, it says you must give up your own way. That's serious. That's true commitment. That's embodying a do whatever it takes attitude. So the first song is a song of commitment. Let's look at verse six then, Psalm 132. He said, we heard that the ark was in Ephrath. Then we found it in the distant countryside of Jar. Let us go to the sanctuary of the Lord. Let us worship at the footstool of his throne. Arise, O Lord, and enter your resting place along with the ark, the symbol of your power. May your priests be clothed in godliness and may your loyal servants sing for joy. So the first song was a song of worship, a commitment. The second is a song of worship. Worship flows from a place of commitment. Think about that. Worship flows from a place of commitment. They heard about where the ark was. So they find it in the distant countryside of Jar. Now, it wasn't easy. We get to come, listen, we get to come to church this morning. I, I, I turned on my, my truck. I got in my car, my truck, and turned it on, and the air conditioning just started blowing in my face. It was a beautiful thing. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. When you get out, uh, when you get out of church this morning and you go, you go sit in that car, it's hot outside, and you turn it on, you, you drove in an air-conditioned vehicle. Some of you, you drive 15, 20, 30 miles or more to get here on a Sunday morning. It's important to you. Now, let's put ourselves in their day. If they traveled by donkey or camel, they were in the minority. I mean, people just didn't, hey, let me go grab my donkey and go. I mean, most of the time they were on foot. I looked at a 10-day forecast for Jerusalem. The highs would be in the high 80s or the low 90s over the next 10 days. Now, we know from what we've said throughout this is that these songs were sung 
uh, going up to the mountain for the for the different feasts. You had you had the feasts of uh, Passover in uh, you know in, in spring Pentecost in, in the summer time, and then the feast of Tabernacles in, in the fall. And so you would you would experience this at different times of year during different climates. And you're going up. You're climbing a mountain. You're climbing a hill. And to go up the mountain in excessive heat took commitment, but they did it so that they could worship. Think about that. They did it because they wanted to be in his presence. Last week, our missionary Randy Freeman talked about having a hunger or desperation for the presence of God to get into his presence so that it's something that we we just can't get. We, We have to pursue it. We have to chase after God. Revival and renewal should always lead us to worship at his feet. Listen, so many revivals are about us. Oh, I left, I got the little Holy Ghost doodads up and down my spine. Listen, revival and renewal should always lead us to the feet of Jesus. It should always lead us to turn our hearts to him in worship. It's not coming just to receive, it's coming to give. It's coming with no agenda and being in his presence. And listen, church, that's one of the reasons why I want to do these revival nights. And I'm speaking this first one because I'm desperate for a move of God. We need to see a move of God in our generation. Listen, our kids and our grandkids, they need to have the revivals that we had. Listen, we can talk about what God did in 1995, but if we realize that in two years, that will be 30 years ago. We don't need a revival that is 30 years old. We need a revival for today. We need a renewal for today. We need a presence of God that is good in 2023, 2024, 2025, but we've got to dive head first into what God has in store for you, and I want us on the journey together. Amen? So when Paul, when he opened up his letter to the church at Ephesus, he showed what the response should be for people who are committed to God. I want you to see this. See, God gave his son Jesus to redeem us by a sacrifice on the cross. So our response then should be worship. Look at verse 3. He says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. And God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered us, he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. I love the start of verse six. It says, so we praise God. Maybe your translation says it like this, to the praise, to the praise. Our lives should be to the praise of God. Our lives should be an act of worship. See, our personal and our corporate worship should be a reflection of the glorious grace that he has poured out on us. So when we come together and we sing songs, we're not just singing songs. We're, 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 we're responding to God because of what he has done in our life. When you're going throughout the week and you begin to sing, or say praises unto God, you're doing it because of what he has done in your life. So let's move on to the next one. Verse 10, are y'all still with me? Say amen. 
He says, for the sake of your servant David, do not reject the king you have anointed. The Lord swore an oath to David with a promise he, had, he, he will never take back. I will place one of your descendants on your throne. If your descendants obey the terms of my covenant and the laws that I teach them, then your royal line will continue forever and ever. This part of the psalm is a song of remembrance. Write that word down, remembrance. This is where they would remember the covenant that God made with David. See, Jesus is a fulfillment of that covenant. His kingdom will never end. For us, we receive communion to remember what God has done by sending his son, Jesus. Luke chapter 22, verse 19, this is the night when last supper, Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to it. And then he broke it in pieces and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body. Now this is Jesus talking. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took another cup of wine and he said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. So he's saying, I'm establishing something new here. The old covenant that was established with Abraham, that was established there with Moses, all of that, I, I, I'm giving you something new here now. He said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement that was confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice. Now, this is, this is even before he died on the cross for his sin. He's predicting what's about to happen. He's saying, this is an agreement that's confirmed with my blood, which is purchased out as a sacrifice for you, that. But I want you to see this, that Jesus is saying, hey, here's the new covenant. We remember that covenant and his sacrifice every time we receive communion. It's not, you know, in a moment here when we do this at the end of our service today, it's not just going through the motions, but it's something that we truly remember, that we truly engage with, that, that he took the stripes on his back so that we can have healing, that he, he shed his blood so that we can have freedom and liberty from our sins and we can have freedom and liberty in Christ. And we will do that here in just a few moments at the end of this message. Are y'all still with me? Verse 13. For the Lord has chosen Jerusalem. He has desired it for his home. This is my resting place forever, he said. I will live here for this is the home I desired. I will bless this city and make it prosperous. I will satisfy its poor with food. I will clothe its priests with godliness, its faithfulness Faithful servants will sing for joy. Here I will increase the power of David. My anointed one will be a light for my people. I will clothe his enemies with shame, but he will be a glorious king. So what we have here is another song, and it's a song of provision. God blessed the people there because of his presence. He said, I will live here for this is the home I desired. And then he said in verse 15, he says, I will bless the city and make it prosperous. So what did he do? That blessing, I want you to understand, reached beyond the temple to the entire city. His presence was a blessing, not just to the temple where he was at, but it reached beyond that to the entire city. It provided food for the poor. It was a spiritual provision where the priests were clothed with godliness. 
I'm not talking about just monetary provision here. I'm talking about providing a blessing to the entire community because he's saying, listen, I'm going to raise up a generation of priests and I'm going to clothe them with godliness. It was a provision of protection from the enemies to say, hey, listen, I want you to understand something because my presence is here. I'm providing for you protection. God's provision follows our commitment. Let that sink in for a second. I want you to understand something this morning, church, is that faith unlocks provision. Faith, now I'm not getting into some kind of weird prosperity gospel. I want to share scripture with you this morning. He says, if you need God to provide anything for you, I want you to see this. If you need God to provide anything for you, and I'm not talking about just monetary provision, but spiritual provision, provisions of peace. I'm talking about protection from enemies, etc. If you need God to provide anything from you, you need to examine the level of your faithfulness. Genesis chapter 22. It introduces one of the names of God. I love to study the names of God. I love to think about when you see it, one of them in the Old Testament. I love to look at that. But Genesis 22 introduces the name of God, uh, Yahweh Jireh or, or Jehovah Jireh, as we would call it. It's the story where God had instructed Abraham. He said, I want you to take your son, the son of promise. I want you to take Isaac. I want you to take him up to the mountain and I want you to sacrifice him. And it, this doesn't make any sense to me. It's still one of these stories that I can't, I, I, it just doesn't make sense. We get the advantage of hindsight. Hindsight's 2020. We see what God did on the back end. But if you put yourself in Abraham's mind on the front end, he's walking in faithfulness. He's walking in obedience. He's walking in his commitment to God. And he's going up to the mountain, though he, he doesn't exactly know what's going to happen. He has Isaac on the altar, and right before, he, right before he thrusts the knife into Isaac to sacrifice him, God stops him. And Abraham looks up, and he sees this ram that's caught by its horns in the thicket, in the bushes there. And he grabs the animal, he sacrifices it as an act of worship. Then he says, this place is called Jehovah-Jireh. And, and the proverb that came out of that was, on the mountain of God, he will provide. That the Lord will provide. Hebrews, if you fast forward many years later, Hebrews is talking about this provision, but it links it to Abraham's faith. I want you to see this in verse 17 of Hebrews 11. It was by what? Faith. That Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. I want you to see something this morning. It was by faith. It was by faith that Abraham acted. And when Abraham acted, God provided. So many people want God's provision, but they don't want to do the, they don't want to take a step of faith. Oh, come on, somebody. You want God to do something in your life, but you're not willing to take the step of faith. And listen, I, I, starting next Sunday, we're, we're kicking off a three-week series uh, called Don't Talk About Money. It's a series where we're going to talk about money. 
Why? Because Jesus talked about money more than uh, he talked about a lot of things in scripture. And so I believe in that. And if you look at what's happening in our economy right now, okay, I understand it. I get it, man. I get it. I have, I, have, I have different bills than you have. I have different things that you have. But I sat down with my little bill sheet this week, and I was looking, okay, we got this, got a budget for that, got to do this, and got to do all this kind of things. And, 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 and you know, this morning I, I didn't go to McDonald's because I was like, man, I'm, I'm too cheap. I, I, I want to just stay home. And so I, I, I whipped my breakfast up this morning myself because I wanted to save the, the $5 today, okay? I get it. I get groceries are more expensive. I get all of that. But we want God to provide, yet we, 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 in times like this in our economy, what happens is a lot of times is people begin to walk in fear and not in faith. Church, we're called to walk in faith. So I want to help you. Listen, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not on a percentage of the tithe, so my, my salary stays the same. All right. It, if 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 ties goes up, my salary stays the same. If it goes down, my my salary stays the same. So I have no motivation here to to get money out of your pockets. What I have motivation for is your pastor is a loving heart, a shepherd's heart to say, I want you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed. So when I talk about money next week, I want you to know it's coming from, our, I'm going to say it a hundred times through this series probably, that I want you to be blessed. I want you to be provided for. I want you to walk in faithfulness. And so many of you do. And you can tell the stories that I have, uh, that, I, that I've seen happen over and over again, where God has miraculously provided church. I believe in it. Listen, I know the reason that this church is blessed is because we've walked in faithfulness and we've cared about the things that God has cared about that even in a time and a season where it would be easy for us to say, hey, you know, we're about to build, let's cut, you know, let's focus on the mission of Christ right here in, in, in Sulphur Springs. And it might be motivational for us to do that. And we could say the money that we don't. We like, listen, we're going to continue to send out and we're going to continue to bless around the world. Why? Because guess what? When we do the things that God cares about, God begins to pour in blessing and provision about the things that we care about. Faith unlocks provision. Amen. That's good preaching, pastor. So come next week where we're going to talk about money in a series called Don't Talk About Money. <laughs> psalm 133. I love this psalm. Now we've changed. We've gone from one psalm, one, Psalm 132 is a, is a long psalm to now we've got two really short ones that, that are right here. And Psalm 133 says how wonderful and pleasant it is Some translation says how excellent it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. So what's this a song of? It's a song of unity. This psalm deals with people living and together, not just, not just brothers, but really brothers, as a, brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. And some translations use the word unity here instead of harmony. I, I, like, the, I like the musical term harmony. I uh, also like the I, idea of uni, being unified together. But this, this psalm really gives us two analogies. It gives us two word pictures, if you will, that describes godly unity and its effect within a group of believers. The one image is of the oil that was poured on Aaron's head being like unity. The psalmist is speaking of God's anointing, his commissioning, 
his blessing, empowerment. And this psalm makes a direct link between unity among God's people and the experience of God's blessing and power among them. This does not mean that whenever people are unified in purpose, that God's blessing and power will automatically be present. Listen, we saw him uh, unified with purpose uh, in the Tower of Bible, and he said, listen, y'all got the wrong thing coming, so I'm going to just confuse your language. I'm going to bring some division about because you, if, I, if I don't, you're going to be able to accomplish whatever you need to, whatever you think you can accomplish in your own power. And God won't bless something when its purpose is wrong. However, it does mean that in order for God's blessing and power to remain on a church, remain on a congregation of believers, that we've got to be unified in heart and godly purpose. Division is of the devil. Harmony and unity is of God. There's also a second image there. It's a, of dew on the mountain being like unity. And here the psalmist is speaking of a, a, kind of a refreshing quality of unity. If you've ever been in a place where there's tension and then you get out of that tension-filled place and you get in a place where there's unity and harmony, man, it is refreshing. Like there's just something about being able to come and not have the heaviness of the atmosphere where there's tension and where there's division. But unity and harmony is an uplifting, it's an inspiring quality that is present among any group of godly people who are truly ready to experience God's blessing. It's what the early disciples experienced on the day of Pentecost. They were unified. If you look at uh, uh, Acts chapter 2, it says they were in one accord, which means one mind and one passion. And the day of Pentecost moment was really a fulfillment of a prayer that Jesus prayed on the night that he was betrayed. In John chapter 17, he's out at the garden. He's praying this prayer. And he says in verse 11, now I'm departing from the world and they are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. Now, did you know Jesus prayed for you in scripture? See, because this prayer was not just for his early disciples, it was for disciples of all time. So he prayed for you, and this was, this was something that he wanted in his church, that we would be unified, one mind, one passion, one purpose, fully committed to him and desiring for him to do in us and through us what he longs to do. So the final psalm this morning is Psalm 134. It's the last song of the ascent, if you will. And he says this in verse 34. Oh, praise the Lord. Maybe your translation says, oh, bless the Lord. All you servants of the Lord, you who serve at night in the house of the Lord, lift up your hands toward the sanctuary and praise the Lord. And may the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Jerusalem. This is a song of intercession. Write that down this morning. It's a song of intercession. Uh, Donald Stamps in the Fire Bible explained it like this. He said, this psalm speaks of all night worship and intercession. A strong and continued prayer for the needs and concerns of others in God's house. This should be the heart's cry of God's people today. Spiritual worship and intercession inspired by the Spirit of God will bring revival in the church and salvation for the spiritually lost. God is looking for people who will stand in the gap. This song speaks of fully committed servants of the Lord who pray all night. I mean, think about that. You who serve at night in the house of the Lord. 
It reminds us that prayer is more than just petitioning for ourselves. I mean, I, I would think probably most of your prayers, like a lot of my prayers are, are things that I need. God, praying for, for me and for my family, praying for you, praying for this church, things that affect me, praying for things that affect their petitioning type prayers. But so many times we can get focused just on our needs that all we see is this right here. And we don't begin to reach out and really intercede from somebody. We don't wake up in the middle of the night. We wake up in the middle of the night and somebody's name's on our heart and mind. We don't think too much of it. We just turn around and, and go back to sleep. And think maybe that God's trying to wake you up for a purpose to be somebody that would intercede for them. We go through the motions. Church, I believe God wants to do something great in this next generation of, of the church. And let me tell you this, every single one of you are a part of that. Every single one of us are a part of that. The next season, if you will, of what God wants to do at Hope Family Fellowship, and not just Hope Family Fellowship, but the greater sea, the greater church across the globe, God wants to do something. In the last days, he said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. But listen, until we really to stand up and intercede and beg God and plead God for revival, to beg God and plead God for his presence, to get on our face before him, to not just go through the motions of a 21-day prayer and fasting thing, but to, to actually experience all that God has in store for us. Listen, I believe it, but he's looking for people that will intercede. Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2, he says, I urge you. That, that word urge is important, right? He says, I urge you, I compel you, I beg of you, first of all, to pray for all the people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. He said, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that, they, that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Listen, this is good, he said, and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Let me tell you right now, church, we're... we're, we're we want, how many want peace on this world, on earth? True peace will never come. True peace will never come to this earth until Jesus comes back. But we can experience the peace of God. We can live peaceful lives, but we have to pray unselfishly. We have to pray unselfishly. I love uh, the movie Fiddler on the Roof. Right, the musical. I love that movie. In fact, it, it, you know, sometimes as I'll pick up one of the, the babies, I, I sing uh, "If I Were a Rich Man." I love it. If I were a rich man, but why? Because that was a lullaby for my kids. You know, I would sing that at two in the morning when Maddie was screaming her head off and, and would not go to sleep. I would raise her up to the Lord and ah, 
God, Jesus, you know, beg of her. You know, the only thing she liked was, was musical and, and, and heavy metal and, uh, and, uh, and a soothing voice. You know, uh, Striper was really good to me in those days. In a soothing voice, I, I, I could finally get her to sleep. I love Fiddler on the Roof. I love that. And then there's a part in there, and he says, um, they, they go to the rabbi, it's a Jewish culture, and they come to the rabbi and they say, Rabbi, is there a, uh, is there a proper blessing for the czar? You know, they were dealing with Russia and the czar. Is there a proper blessing? And he said, yes, may the Lord bless him far away from here. May, may the Lord bless him as far away from us as he can. May, may he just be blessed over here. And so many of us, we want to handle things politically in our society, whether it's local politics or it's state politics or national politics. We want to handle things polit- politically in a way. And listen, I, I promise you, we're entering into a season in politics. Go exercise your right to vote. Do all of that, but be godly as you do it. I promise you will get more movement if you will spend as much time interceding as you do posting on Facebook. I must be meddling this morning. But I'm telling you, church, let the church be known that we're going to pray. Listen, I think we should pray for, if we don't agree, if we don't agree politically, we should pray for them. If you consider them an enemy, then pray for them. You know why? Because the scripture tells you to pray for your enemies. And it tells you to pray for those who are in authority. Now, I'm not saying endorsing this candidate or endorsing that candidate or, or whatever, because I've, I've, I've voted for people and, and, and I've really felt in my heart that that's who the Holy Spirit wanted me and that's who God wanted me to vote for, and they didn't get elected. And I just thought, well, nobody else is, uh, you know, uh, nobody else is, uh, you know, hearing the voice of the God. I don't know. I'm just trying to be obedient in my own life. But here's what I want you to understand. So we have a biblical mandate to stand in the gap and to intercede on behalf. Pray this way, he says, for kings and all who are in authority. So listen, do you have a boss that's a pain in the neck? No. (laughs) Thank you, Tisha said no. She works for Sasha, so that's that's good. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. if you, don't, if you do have a boss that's a pain in the neck, you know what you need to do? You need to pray for them. You need to pray for them. If you want peaceful life, listen, we need to pray. God, I pray for your blessing on this person. I pray for your blessing on their life. I pray, God, that you would help me to be a blessing to them. God, I pray that you would use me for your glory and for your kingdom. He says, intercede on their behalf. Listen, you should make a list of prayer requests. And pray for other people before you ever pray for your own. One of the things that I've teach over the years, and I'm wrapping this up, so Tisha, you can go ahead and come on up. I teach about um, praying, and I use an acrostic called pray, P-R-A-Y. The first thing is praise. Why? Because in, when Jesus taught us to pray, he, he taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So I spend some time praising God. The second thing I do is I want to make sure my heart's right, so I repent. The R, repent. Then the A is anything. That's where I pray for other people. I pray for situations that's going on. I pray for government officials. I pray for our missionaries. I pray for our district leadership. I pray for our national leadership. I pray over these different things that are, that are on my heart. I pray for you. 
But the last one, why, is you. And when I say you, I'm talking about me. That's where I pray for my needs. I save myself for last. Why? Because church, God wants us to intercede for others. He wants us to stand in the gap. And listen, if we'll care about the things that he cares about, like one of my prayers sometimes is not, it's not every day, but one of my prayers is God, break my heart for the things that breaks yours. Break my heart for the things that breaks yours. I believe that God wants us as a church and as individuals to be a people of intercession. I'm gonna invite you to stand with me this morning. These are songs. It's a sampler of songs. And as we make our way continually, again, they were walking into the presence of God. They were headed up the mountain to be in his presence. We need to remain committed. It's a song of commitment. We need to worship him wholeheartedly. It's a song of worship. We need to remember his sacrifice. It's a song of remembrance. We need to trust him for provision. It's a song of provision. We need to protect the unity of the body. Listen, I love to be able to preach this when, like our, our church, I love this church because we are, I've, I feel in my heart and my spirit, we're a unified body. I love being able to preach about unity when we're in this situation. It hasn't always been that way for me in the, in the course of my ministry. I've had to say, sometimes say that to, to bodies of believers, not here, but other places where there was disharmony and there was, there, there was division inside the church. And I love being able to say that from a place of, of this, but the thing about unity is you have to protect it. It's, a, it's a protecting the unity of body. And the final thing, it's a song of intercession. It's being able to stand in the gap and intercede for others. This morning, we're gonna remember the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus with communion. If you did not receive one of the elements or pick one of up this morning, if you'll raise your hand and one of our ushers will get one to you. This morning, if you're watching online, you can slip to the, <coughs> you can slip to the kitchen and grab some crackers and water or something. The first part of this says, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven. 27, this is where Paul's teaching the church about how to receive communion. And he says, if you eat the bread or you drink the cup of the Lord unworthily, not honoring, he says, not honoring, or that, that he said, that person is guilty of sinning against the, the body and the blood of the Lord. He said, that's why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking from the cup. For if you eat the bread and drink the cup unworthily, not honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. We wanna, we wanna remember, but we, all want, we also wanna rededicate this morning. So maybe you're watching online or you're in this room this morning and you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. In a moment, I'm gonna count to three, or maybe you just need to rededicate your heart today. You heard me talk about the sacrifice and he, he said in, in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So how to receive it. Scripture teaches us if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. So with your heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you're in this room, 
I want you to respond to God by raising your hand if you're online today. If you'll just put a, if you'll put a uh, comment in the comment section or send us an email at prayer at hopefamily.tv. But when I say three this morning, if that's you, if you say, Pastor, I'm ready to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm ready to rededicate myself to him today. When I say three, would you respond to God in these ways today? One, two, three. Anyone here in this room today? Let's pray a prayer together. Would you say, dear Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died, rose again, and you're the Lord of all. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for setting me free. In the name of your son, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand of praise today and thank him. Come on, put your hands together, church. God, we worship you today. Verse 23, he talks about the bread and he says that Jesus took a loaf of bread and when he'd given thanks, he broke it. So would you just take that wafer in your hand today and would you just, come on, can we just break that together as a remembrance? He said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I love Isaiah 53, five, it says, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And guess what? By his stripes, we are healed. If you need healing this morning, would you just lift that up today? And I wanna pray for you across this room. Father, I thank you right now. I speak healing over this. I say, be healed in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that it is by your stripes that we are healed. And Lord, the healing power, Lord, that is available to us today. God, I thank you, Lord, for, touching lives and hearts for backs and necks, Lord, today, Lord, for those that have digestive issues, Lord, those that have heart issues, those that have pulmonary issues, lung issues today, I pray for healing in their bodies, Lord, for eyesight, I pray specifically, I just I sense that in my heart right now, Lord, that there's eyesight that's clearing up right now in Jesus' name. Father, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, that you are doing a work in bodies this morning. God, we thank you and we remember your sacrifice. Come on, would you just take that that loaf today and would you would you just take a moment and eat that today verse 25 says so in the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying this cup is the new covenant we talked about that being the new covenant between God and you, sealed by the shedding of my blood, do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Before I prayed this morning, I wanna just hear a concert of praise today. Would you just thank Jesus in your own words and way for the sacrifice, for the grace of God that has brought salvation to your life? God, we just thank you right now. Come on, church, do it in your own words and way. God, I just thank you right now. Lord, I worship you. God, we thank you for your shed blood today. It's a blood that, that never loses its power. It doesn't have an expiration date. And I thank you, God, that you have given us the ability to come boldly before your throne. God, that you've given us the ability to beg for mercy and to receive that mercy. And I thank you, God, that you've wiped our sins as far away as the east is from the west. And God, I thank you that you're using, Lord, you're using us for your glory to give hope to a lost and broken world. God, but without your blood, there's no forgiveness of 
of sins. And so we thank you that 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 shed blood of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice, brought redemption to mankind. And we give you praise and glory to our living hope today. We bless you in Jesus' name. Come on, would you just take the cup today and would you drink it? Father, we thank you for this. Come on, can we just sing that chorus? Hallelujah. And hallelujah. Prayer to the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Sing it again. Hallelujah. Prove the one who sent me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for salvation. And God, I pray. Lord, I pray specifically for this Wednesday night as we gather together for a revival night. I pray that you would move in our hearts and life. I pray for you just to do something amazing. God, I pray that every single person that calls hope their home would be here. God, not not just to, to attend a service, but to receive what you have in store for us. Father, may the presence of God rule and reign in our hearts this week. God, and I just speak life over this church. I thank you for what you're doing here. And I pray, God, that we would be committed, that we would be passionate, that we would be intercessors. God, and I thank you, Lord, that when we believe, God, that you will unlock provision in our life. And I ask, God, that you would use us. Use us to give hope to a lost and broken world. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. This morning, our, our kids are going to be out there. It's BGMC Sunday. The, the change uh, goes to different things at different times, but it helps our missionaries. It provides them the essential tools that they need. And so if you could get the change out of your pocket today, I want to also tell you that we're meeting up at Soul Man's after service today. So anybody that wants to join us, uh, just go through the line, order your food, uh, buy your food, pay for your food, and then uh, and then find a table and try to connect with somebody that uh, you maybe not know very well at Hope, but we'd love to see as many of you that could join us today at Soul Man's after church this morning. God bless you, church family. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his make his face shine down upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. God bless you.